You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365, and I will add that caveat. This is not financial advice. Got a couple of messages since the last episode of people asking for financial advice or assuming as if I did, and you know the caveats at the beginning and the end, we try our best to uh, share some unfiltered uh, topics and, and kind of cover the g- whole gamut. Uh, and this is you know episode 76. We are minting an NFT or buying a minted NFT every single day for 365 days. So we are on that journey. Uh, thankful for you guys coming on the journey with us as well. Uh, and as many of you know, you know we're, we're kind of working through a wide variety of projects. Uh, I know you guys, have, those that have checked out the website, uh, we do have a new kind of tab across the top that just says Mint 365. NFT collection, which you can actually now browse all of the NFTs that we've bought over the, the, the last 75 NFTs that we've bought in the mint phase, uh, you guys can check out uh, on the website. I'll make sure to drop the link here on the live recording of Twitter Spaces. I'll pin it up to the top so you guys can check them out. And, you know, just want to give a quick shout out to, at the top of the show from you know, one of the neat things about, you know, buying an NFT every day is, you know, there's a wide variety of options and, and things that are out there. And and I will say Mint, mint Day 74 was our uh, the highest mint uh, project that we've done so far for this uh, for this Mint 365, uh, and it, it's a project called Killer Girlfriend, and it's from the uh, Riot game, an ex Riot game artist, uh, and just a really you know cool project that uh, I will tell you. I believe the floor at the moment with that is uh, is is 1.2 ETH uh, pre uh, reveal, so it's always fun to see that kind of a you know if we're gonna we're gonna bet on the larger uh, the higher amount of ETH uh, for a NFT Mint, it's kind of cool to see that that project is uh, catching with some momentum. And, and hopefully uh, continues on that because we are not selling. We are we are we are diamond hand holding until uh, November eleventh, twenty twenty two, where we will sell the entire collection. And you know, I know coming off the last episode, I talked a lot about you know culture and community and kind of bigger picture thinking, and you know, even made some highlights about like the Super Bowl and you know how for me. Uh, you know, a celebrity talking about getting into uh, the NFT space just doesn't do it for me. You know, I think a lot of what we have to look at is, you know, how do we break things down at a, at a kind of a deeper level and hopefully, you know, inspire and motivate people to come uh, into the, the NFT community. And I have a, a show for you today where hopefully it's going to do that that kind of uh, pace here. And I'm excited to have the the team from Moons of Mars that going to be with me here on Twitter Spaces. We're going to talk a little bit about their project, a little about what they've seen. And, and you know, I think for, you know, we've been doing you know, one or two guests. Uh, episodes a week uh, since we kind of launched the podcast. And I have to say, like, one of the things that really excites me is that the more that I research 
uh, these projects that you know our guests are are bringing on, even if they're they're not part of our you know the collection that we've been building in, in the mint phase. Because you know, for those that are are new to listening here, we we only are uh, you know buying NFTs that are still minting uh, for this collection, just a way for me to put a little bit of a container or wrapper on the the project. And and so we're doing you know four to six hours worth of research for uh, you know each of these projects. I will tell you after we finish this recording, uh, which we're doing about nine p.m. Eastern time, I have about two hours of research to do for uh, the projects that we're going to mint on Thursday. And this one's been fun to research for our guests because I tell you what, uh, some of the best uh, storytelling on the website, the the narrative, I just love, uh, you know, ev- everything that's kind of uh, that's gone into this project. But before we get into that, you know, I love, you know, uh, Kosak, if you give us a little uh, context, a uh, little background on the project, introduce yourself uh, to our audience, and then I'll get into some of the questions I have. So I'll kick it over to you, Kosak, give, a little, give us a little background on the project and uh, who you are. Awesome. Thanks. Excited to be uh to be up here talking. Um, yes, so I'm uh, Coast Talk. Uh, the, the project uh, Moons of Mars um, was something, I guess, first for the project. It was something where, you know, dove into the space uh, probably late May, early June, a little bit earlier into um, NBA Top Shop, but kind of the, the, the real NFT stuff was discovered around then and just became fascinated, right? Dove down the rabbit hole just like everyone else and just was amazed at what was possible and how fast things were happening. Um, so kind of became fixated on, you know, what, what can I do? What can we do? What are, you know, what are these new models and how can we apply them and what might be missing? And, and all of a sudden it was like, wow, all these things we've been working on for a long time um, suddenly make sense together. You know, things that didn't, that seemed like separate projects or seemed like, well, this is kind of a hobby. This is a passion. This is potentially a real business. This is a online, you know, business. This is a brick and mortar business. All of a sudden, it didn't matter because it was just like a, you know, it felt like you could you could take art and storytelling and and a community and combine all those things. And so that was the, I guess for me that was the that was the real exciting part. Um, and so you know, kept sitting there thinking, well, what's, you know, what's 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 different and 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 what's a an approach we could take and and really just became you know initially focused on utility and just like okay. He's got so many projects and the idea of um, owning the IP and having the rights to, to turn, you know, an image that you own into use that for your, for yourself in a way. And like, well, how would you do that? And like, and so just a bunch of those thoughts and, and just watching, watching things evolve decided, okay, I think this is, this is, this is insanity. This is like an incredible opportunity. Um, but it's almost overwhelming, right? how, how many possibilities there are and how, how big of an opportunity it is. And so set out slowly to create, okay, what do we, what do we already have? What are we working on? Not that wasn't, didn't, you know, we didn't get that first idea of it through this, but we had these random projects that was fortunate enough to work on without having to really understand why, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but had a, had a few of those. And then, um, you know, how can we create a platform that's broad enough that it could go, you know, almost an infinite number of directions uh, and kind of take into account a variety of interests, a variety of types of things. And so that was kind of led to led to creating a planet, led to, you know, then the fun stuff of okay, what's the origin story, how, you know, who's there, how did they get there, and all that could unfold. And so that was that was kind of the origin of uh, Moons, and Mar- Moons, of, Moons of Mars. Um, and I guess the basic origin story is there's a – 
you know, we break it up into chapters. So chapter one was the Renegades, and there was a this British rock band, the Faded, uh, with a T. Everyone thinks of the D, but the Faded that you know toured in the '80s and '90s, and they were kind of like the original NFT. They were so true to their art that they said, "Hey, no, we're not going to record it." Every show is different. Every time we play the music, even by ourselves, is different. So we're not going to record albums. We're not going to let one instance uh, as the one. Um, and so, like, you know, created that band and that idea, and they would get together for one show. Their audience would be a gritty group of renegades. And then uh, Neon Tusk, a uh, ambitious space entrepreneur, would abduct them all and take them up to the previously undiscovered third moon of Mars, which is planet Hellebore. Hellebore is a plant that, you know, this kind of beautiful flower that can grow in the coldest, darkest of places. And figured, okay, now, now we've got a, you know, we've got a bunch of renegades on a barren planet. So I think we've created a blank slate to hopefully, you know, kind of go any direction and, and the renegades are people. And so they miss the comforts of home. They have their memories. They've got things they'll see in the future. They'll have visitors. And so now, but okay, now we've established a platform where we can use the art and storytelling to go a bunch of directions, and then we can get into the why, which is, you know, always always been in, interested in starting companies and launching brands, and so you know, kind of the whole community side of this was something that I didn't understand at first. I, I understood it, like by reading it, I could define it. I didn't understand really how powerful it was, or even what the steps were to get started. Of not only building your own community, but even being a part of the community, right? And so that that was another learning process. Um, and then the goal from there was, okay, now there's an opportunity we could create uh, community-owned brands, right? Where we can we can have that feeling of we're doing this together, you know, ultra surlined. Now, if Web three is the you know the next big shift, then there should be new brands created out of that. It shouldn't just be an opportunity for existing brands to you know change their game plan or adapt right it was really exciting to think wow you know usually at these big shifts is a a big opportunity for new things to emerge and um and it'll be exciting to you know kind of focus on that um so that was kind of my my rambling my rambling answer to that well i like the rambling answer and i'll say for those that are listening i think there might have been like a moment where you're listening you're like did he just say they're creating a planet and, and and you did right so like explain yeah. to like the origin like because like i think there's a lot of conversation in the nft space around like what does a project look like what is like the expansion projects what are like the the mutant side of the project but i kind of love that you kind of started with the side of like okay if we start with a planet it's with the opportunities become you know kind of endless in a way but we can you know, kind of add on as, as we go where did like where did the like origin of the idea of like hey we're going to create a planet as part of the story, and then we're going to have NFTs that we can kind of release on top of that. How did that come to life? You know, it all just kind of happened. I mean, we had, um, you know, we'd had, we'd been working on a bunch of projects pre, pre-NFT, right? And, and some of them were, you know, like an idea that then, yeah, the idea has always been like, have an idea and let's see if we can make it, make it come true, you know, and, and see where we can go with it. Knowing that some ideas will just be an idea and you, the more you research them, the more you, you start to plot them out, you realize that might be best left as an idea. Then there might be some things that either make sense or they're just so fun that you can't stop yourself from advancing them forward a little bit. And then you might realize, you know, uh, there's different circumstances or there's a, there's a, 
project with higher priority. So this one kind of gets gets shelved for a little bit. Um, so we had a, a bunch of things like that in the works. Like actually the faded, the um, I had just randomly done that. Like a, I don't even know, maybe, maybe I'm sorry, I don't know if you can hear the dishwashers going crazy. The um, last year. And so we had, um, it was just like the idea of let's create a fictional band, you know, and, and, and let's, let's do it just for the sake of doing it. And let's create uh, tour shirts as if this band existed. And you know what, let's figure out what to do with that later. And so that was why I felt like, wow, this is really like, you know, you throw these things out there and suddenly they make sense. And they, they were just sitting there waiting for like, okay, what, what are we going to do with this? I don't know. You know, uh, even, you know, other, other parts of the project, some of it we've unveiled, some of it we haven't was like, things that were in different stages of just like, you know, in real life brands or in real life ideas. Um, and so I think the, uh, you know, all those things came together and it was like, well, these, these things had never made sense together. They, they made sense if you took them under the idea of like, Hey, these ideas all came from the same place, right? That, that was kind of what made sense. The same team is working on them, but they didn't have a connection. And so I don't know how it happened, but it was just kind of through thinking and going over things was like, wait a minute. Yeah, we need a, they all exist on earth, right? They all exist on earth. So they do make sense. They are all in the same town, like in, uh, you know, prior to COVID, right? I was more focused on, on brick and mortar opportunities. And so I was opening like gyms and restaurants and, and retail shops. And, and, and like, they all made sense in a town. You knew your town well enough to know, you know what? I think we need a Mexican restaurant. I think we need a, you know, Jim, I think we need a, a store like, you know, the, and so that was kind of what bound them together was like this community needs this or, or I want to see this in, in my community type thing. And so you just take that basic concept and said, okay, well, we just need to create a place that needs these things. Right. And then we need a community that wants them. And like, if, if you just don't, you know, don't, don't overcomplicate it. That's kind of been the story forever you know, of like, of how, of how things happen. And so one thing that historically I've done uh, wrong is, is not seeing the connection between. And so like always like, you know, you're almost like you're starting over, like you do this one thing and then you do another thing and you're like, well, that's a different audience. That's a different team. And it's like, um, it's very hard to like keep layering things on top of that because it's like starting over every time. And so that was the fear was like, well, if we, if we do something too, too focused, or too narrow, we don't want to find ourselves like, you know, six months, a year down the line, two years down the line, which seems like so long in NFT land, but we don't want to find ourselves realizing like, oh, cool, we have another idea. So now let's, you know, either try to force it into this idea or let's start a separate thing. It's like, no, we want one big thing that can keep evolving um, and that, you know, we can initially be the ones seeding the content and the, and the art and the storytelling and the, and the brands and those kind of things. But eventually we, the tools we create for ourselves to do that, we could onboard third parties and, and the community could take on the role and, and, you know, those that are interested in. And so then, then all of a sudden, you know, your, your mind starts spinning. You're like, wow, that now, how cool would that be? If instead of having to always brainstorm, you know, a lot of times you get on calls and you're like, how can we work together? Let's brainstorm. And I always found that like really exciting, but also really exhausting because every conversation starts from scratch. Anything's possible. How could we do this? It's, it's very hard to get things done. And I was like, if we could, um, if we could prove what we can do, right. That's the first thing, prove to ourselves and then have an example to show others. And then we could from that have like almost like a toolkit of like, okay, 
here are the things we can, you know, here are the things you can do on our planet, and here's how you would do them. Then, then all of a sudden, that would, in theory, a little bit slower in the beginning, but it would open up a ton of possibilities for a lot of things to happen relatively quickly because it would be, especially different stages, right? People that are new to new to the space or people that are really familiar with the space, we could speak the same language to both of them as far as like, hey, here's here's how you could fit in with what we're doing. Here's how we could fit in with what you're doing. So that was kind of the... Um, I I guess I didn't really answer the exact question, but that was it. It was just kind of came from just going down the rabbit hole and like, and like seeing opportunity. The crazy thing about there's not that many spaces and times where you can genuinely say anything is possible, but there's no way you can look at the NFT space and make the argument that anything isn't possible. Like, you know, like it's, it's, you don't have to look, you just look and you go, I mean, obviously everyone looks at the board apes, but like, that's insane. Right. Like if you just <laughs> yeah. get out of the way of thinking about it and just think, you know, take yourself back a year, it's insane. And then not even that, there's lots, so many projects doing so many great things, like at relatively large scale that are almost like, oh, that's not as big as X. But it's like if you just look at them as startups or a lot of times individuals or a group of people doing things, it's really a, it's, it's pretty amazing. And so that was, um, the idea was like, what can we do that's like uh, attainable, right? We can we could see the steps, right? Because I think the first part you got to be able to see like what's the next step and what's a few steps ahead. What can we what can we do w- with that? But something that also didn't seem to have a limit on it, and so and that was where the chapter system really helped us because it was like at first it's oh shit we could do this we could do that we could do this we could do that and it's a little bit overwhelming, and then if you broke it down into chapters you said well how about, how about if we Every chapter, there's a character. There's posters, you know, concert uh, style poster art, which which tells the story almost like turning the pages of a comic book. What if there's gameplay in each chapter? And what if we commit to launching two brands each chapter, you know, like or announcing two brands or whatever step in the process we are with with each of them, depending on the chapter. Now we have like a something where we could go through chapter one, and we could prove that you know learn like. We can do that. Yep, we can do that. And then, you know, kind of lay the foundation for chapter two. And that was a big part. I think actually doing it was a really important thing because, like, I'm terrible uh, on the on the phone. And so, like, I just, you know, it just gets exhausted. Like, just mine's spinning too fast. Just wears me out. And a lot of that is because it's about what what's what might be possible. And so, I think that um, it was really important to say, hey, you know what? Let's just go. We don't have a big social following. We're not going to do a bunch of marketing, um, but does it matter? Like we're not using the mint as a fundraising um, event. We've already, you know, spent the money to do a lot of these things and we're already continuing to spend the money. The, the, the mint is really just a way to onboard people into the community that find us. And so if we just commit to, we'll get started. And whether there's 10 renegades or 2,400, we're going to start going through the process of how a chapter evolves and let's just have faith that by the end of the chapter, we're in a better place than we were at the beginning. Because I thought like, you know, you walk into a, what I've kind of saw early on was like, there was the people who were doing it and the people who were thinking about doing it. And I wanted to, we wanted to be the people that were doing it because I think it's different conversations when you're doing it than if you're someone who's thinking about doing it, you know more. And it's just a different, like people could look at you and say, okay, I, I don't, I, you know, 
whether regardless of how big or small we are, they could say, okay, I, I know that you're capable of doing X, so I will trust you to do Y. So that was kind of the, that was kind of our thought process was just have a really big vision for what's possible, break it up into little pieces, which are manageable, and then just start so that we're doing it. Um, and we're part of the overall community instead of like watching from the outside, waiting for everything to be perfect. Well, I, I mean, I love that. I, I think I'm, I'm like, press the damn button is, is my mantra of, you know, just take action. And I think, uh, you know, we came out with the idea of this podcast on, on November 6th and November 11th, we launched. So uh, I'm, I'm a believer awesome. in, in that side of it. And I also love that you, you mentioned the word like you were, you looked at them as chapters, right? And I think it's easy for us to fall into like a little bit of a, a copycat world of, you know, what a roadmap is and, you know, the idea of like, a project being a project and then the 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 next project is a project built you know you know either on top of or expanding and i like that you talk about the word the idea of chapters because i think now when you you know when we're thinking about this project right it's about entering it and knowing that not only will the the story be continued to be told but it will kind of evolve right and and i think that's probably a the, the easiest way to set things up for the future, because let's face it, you know, as you mentioned, this NFT space uh, not only continues to evolve, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a moving target in, you know, what people are looking for, how they're looking for things. And so I'm curious, you know, you, you launched uh, chapter one and, and, and with the, you know, the renegade side of the house, uh, like, bring us a kind of up to date from the, the mint launch to where we are today. Kind of what it, what does that like look like? Because I think for the, our, our audience, you know, one of the things that I've been trying to convey is, you know, I'm, I kind of created this term, which I call a slow burn uh, projects, which are projects that um, either don't mint out immediately right away, or that have uh, a long term plan for true community growth beyond, you know, not having to put, you know, 10,000 strangers into a discord right away. And, and I'm not anti, you know, 10k PFP projects. But I also love this idea of like that slow growth over time. And, and I'll say like, you know, with your project, you have, you know, the you minted out. So it's on uh, OpenSea now for uh, people available on on secondary sales. And I will tell people, you know, the art uh, is is pretty amazing. I, I, I love neon colors to begin with, you know, I was born in the 80s. But uh, I'm like a hot pink fan of that's part of my brand. And uh, like the there's a hot pink mohawk, there's hot, hot pink uh, corn rolls that I, <laughs> I was like, looking into these properties and was uh, impressed there. But I love for you to like, yeah, paint the picture of like kind of where from the mint, the, the mint launch to where we're at today. Give us a little bit of like what that's all look like. Yeah, so we, we, um, we did our mint on December 10th. Um, and so, uh, we not sure exactly what happened the first few days, but so the first thing we did was, uh, was we released poster one. So poster one was the origin poster and it kind of visualizes this concert that the, um, the renegades attended with, you know, neon tusk kind of washing over them and some, and some signs of, you know, you'd look at backwards and go, okay, that's a sign that there's spaceships arriving to, arriving to, um, to take them. And at that point we had 93 owners. So we had, we had, a we had 300 and I'm just looking at, at the, uh, at the poster. We had 376. We, so we'd minted 376 out of 2,400 and we had less than a hundred, uh, less than a hundred holders. Right. And so that was a, it was a like, well, you know, and, and I think we spent a lot of time, I think just being realistic leading up to it of like, okay, it would be great. We would be super excited if, if we sold out 
on day one. But why would that happen? You know, like what what indicators do we have right now that that what have we done to kind of like ensure that would happen? Not not much. You know, like where do we have a big social falling? No, not really. Um, so why would that happen? And so and then the reason it wasn't scary was because we thought, well, if we're in it for the long run, and if you look at the posters, for example, as the collectible component of of each chapter, then we knew that like, well, it is it is what it is. You know, like like the first poster will always be the first poster. And so couldn't we make the argument that it's better that there's less of the first poster than the second poster? So how can we lose? You know, like we're either we're we're either gonna we're either gonna have a ton of uh, poster one because it was a free airdrop to all the holders. That's either going to have a ton of poster one, or we're not going to have very many. Either way, that can be a good outcome, right? And so I think that that kind of like mindset I think helped. Now, you know, we were fortunate to have um, you know the ability to do a lot of this stuff prior to the mint, right? So it's it, it's different. If you know, it's not like I, it's not like I think it's a a lot of times you need you need the mint to generate the money to to build to build the the product in a way. So, so I understand that, but that was kind of how we were able to get through it. Now it doesn't mean we were like, you know, high five and smiling, you know, we were thinking, what if no one likes this? You know, the same thing. Everyone, what if, what if, what if we've misjudged this? What if, what if this takes long? What if the idea of like progressing before, before we've have the audience backfires, because what if the audience takes longer than the end of chapter one, but then we just kept coming back to, well, that'll means chapter one is scarce, you know? So, so we had chapter, that was the first thing we did was we did the first airdrop of a poster. Um, we did a, I don't know the, the order in these things, but we, we did uh, airdrop poster number two. And that by that point we'd gotten, and this is what we're talking about. We, our idea was like, let's have something every week, right? So by the next week, I'm looking it up, we'd had like, so we went from 93 to 98, right? So by poster number two, we had grown by five holders. Right. So that I'm sure there's some conversation, huh? Well, we were hoping for a little bit of a bigger bump, but you know what? It didn't happen. So what do we do? We, we got to keep going. And so then we had um, merch. And so we decided, well, we have, um, we spent a lot of time on these uh, spacesuits. Really, the, the, the original inspiration for the spacesuits was what would be the most comfortable kind of like loungewear when now that everyone's working out. It's kind of the first the first generation of like where that idea came from. And so now we have them and we're, the idea was we would, we would, we would reward the early renegades by here, here's a flight suit. Right. And we were biased, but we thought, man, we spent a lot of time and a lot of, you know, these are all kind of custom made. They're all made in the USA with like Supima cotton and we've got great packaging and this, that and the other. And we thought, well, that's, Let's let's release those, right? And let's and let's get those in the hands of the renegades, and hopefully they'll they'll like this, and that will encourage others to. Um, oh, that seems like a, a great perk of, of of being a renegade because it's something that's not dependent on scale. You know, it doesn't matter if there's one or or five hundred; it's still individual to that person. Wow, look, I got this flight suit. So we did that, and that started to, um, you know, when those got in the hands of people, um, it started to to generate some like, you know, well, Oh, I, I want one of those. How do you get it? Well, you just, you just meant to renegade and you, and, and then you can claim one. So by poster three, we were at a whopping 127 owners. So, you know, we'd had 475 items. So we only went up like, you know, even these things where it's like, it only went up like, like 50, right? We still got, we still got almost 2000 
uh, to mint. And then it was really just the community took over, which I think is the whole, the whole, the whole thing that like is so exciting is historically you're launching a brand, you're sitting there and you're, you're like, what can I do? What can I, what can I do? Or what can we do in a small room to get something out to, to customers? Right. And, and then, and really like it, what this really kind of confirmed was like, you don't need the biggest community. You just need a, a passionate community of, you know, and, we, and we're like, wow, this is like, who cares how many renegades there are? You know, you see we're yes, we're not the discord that's flying by, but again, if we go back to that, it is what it is. Well, it's kind of refreshing to like, you know, have a little slower pace and have more conversations and, and wait, isn't this cool? One day we'll look back and we'll go, remember the, you know, the early renegades and we'll kind of know them and we, and, and talking. And so it just kind of started to go and go and go. And then from there, um, you know, I think just from the word of mouth from the renegades and, and it, it started, it started to, uh, to go from there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the more spacesuits that got in people's hands. And as we got into, uh, uh, January 15th. So about 36 days after we opened the mint, uh, we finally, uh, minted out all the renegades. So it was a, um, and, and during that process, I don't remember if the fourth poster was the fourth poster was after that. So, but during the process before minting out, we had done three airdrop posters all on Ethereum, not, not, you know, just level one, like, and so, you know, which wasn't the, wasn't the cheapest thing, uh, or the most efficient thing, I guess you'd say. But like, we thought like, if this is setting the tone for what's to come, like these, we need, we want these to be on, you know, the best, want them to be the most, the most valuable assets possible. And so this is how we think we should do it. Um, so anyways, we launched, uh, we announced two brands. So actually I guess I kind of got lost in there, but before poster four and before minting out, we had announced uh surf cat coffee was going to be our first brand. We placed the order, um, for the initial, uh, initial coffee. We've ordered like, it's nothing huge. Our, our, our model is fairly simple. It's like we ordered, I think 10,000 boxes of, um, of the K cups and a few thousand bags of the ground coffee. And we said, this will be our model. We'll, we'll get, we'll get these out. We'll get these out to the renegades. We'll get these out to, uh, early adopters and, We'll take that feedback and we'll decide as we launch brands, okay, which one was a fun project? Which one was like, which one has a little more uh, potential and which is, which are the ones we should focus on now. And so when we get that out into the hands of the people, we'll figure out a, you know, a way to evaluate, okay, this one should spin off. This should have its own team. Cause we're not trying to build, they're not just digital brands. We're trying to build in real life brands that have a, have their roots in, in web three. Right. And so we did that one. And then the second one we announced was, um, blade and grass water. Um, and so we, we decided, I guess the other thing we had done pre mint, uh, pre pre selling out was, okay, what about like, we're going to, you're going to sit here and you're going to say, yeah, I want to want to launch community owned brands, but like, what does that mean? And how do you make sure that you're not just like using a buzzword or trying to appeal to people's like, whatever, what the word is without actually, without actually doing it. And so we, you know, we're like, okay, well, we're going to set up a series of DAOs. And so we set up the renegade DAO. Um, and then, so every renegade, there's 2,400 uh, renegades, which are the NFTs from the initial 
um, chapter one. So we're like, okay, well, let's. So eighty percent of that, eighty percent of the renegade DAO will be owned by the renegades. Those tokens. So every every uh, out of the twenty four hundred renegades, each renegade in essence gets you one twenty four hundredth of the eighty percent. The other twenty percent will be uh, uh, held in the in the corporate entity. And then for for the brands, we're like, okay, well, how do we make how do we how do we not just launch brands all over the place? What could we do to like make this streamline this a little bit? So we said, okay, within this storytelling. You know, you get to a new planet, you're going to be thirsty. So, like, let's just stick with, you know, you're going to need the basics. So let's let's start with um, with that. And so we we gave teasers of the first two brands in the posters. So on one, he was on the spaceship and he had a coffee cup. And the other one, uh, poster four, you've got a renegade um, holding, like, a blade through tall grass with, like a, like, a waterfall behind him. And so we launched those. So we created another DAO, um, Hellebore Beverage. Which is uh, the, the Renegade one is RNKD. This one's BVCO. And we said, okay, so this is how we're going to set it up. The Renegade is going to get 8% of the Renegade DAO. If we have a brand, we're going to put, uh, well, for the beverage company, we put 25% of those tokens into the Renegade DAO. And then we're going to still work in, we're going to create our overall token for the overall planet, which is going to be the mom token. And we'll put 10% of that supply into the Renegade DAO. Because the other thing which we had kept saying that we wanted to make sure was true was that we're going to reward, we want to reward, or not reward, we want to continue to add value to the to the the original renegades. They took a chance on us one. They didn't, you know. There's there's a million there's a million things you could take a chance on. So so we, we had done a lot actually. Now that I'm now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah. Between December 10th and January 15th, we had you know released the three posters, announced the two brands, given out the uh, spacesuits. And announced um, the DAO structure, and uh, and so that was. I think that's kind of what got the momentum going. Was people saw it, which was kind of our original thought of like, let's just show you. Let me let's let's show you that we're going to do stuff instead of telling you what we might do. Well, well, and I think that's also you know an element of the 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 transition that we're seeing here in the NFT community, right? I think if we look back at the summer of last year. Um, it was a very much of, uh, you know, you could pretty much FOMO drop a 10 K project and sell out and, you know, the website still doesn't have a, a second page or a back end. And, uh, and I think the times have definitely changed. And I think you're like that setup there is very much a, a, akin to what I, what I've kind of referred to in this slow burn uh, idea where the projects that I believe in and the projects that I'm kind of been tracking and, and researching are the ones like very much what you said, some of those key fundamentals where, you know, you you weren't using you weren't only self funded by the mint, and you also you know were were starting to deliver you know the value and the promises that are within the roadmap and within the development of the the chapters and the overall story. You know, as the the project you know has like you know the the couple super fans, and then that kind of grows. and And I think for everyone listening here, I think there's some you know there's some essence here where you know you're adding you know brands and and the DAO uh, you know conversation as far as you know, community value and tokens for each. And I think this is, you know, a lot of this development, a lot of projects will talk about having these components and, and a lot of them that dropped in July and August of last year have still not delivered on that roadmap. And it's, it's not a shot at them. It's just a, it's just, you know, a, a truth, right? I think there's an element right now where 
we are we are kind of demanding a little bit more out of our projects, uh, rightfully so in, in many cases. But I also think there are projects that we have either underestimated or missed, or let's face it, anyone that pretty much minted from mid-October uh, through to January uh, was minting in a different time uh, than what it was prior to that. And so I love that you kind of painted that that picture into the, the project and the chapters. Uh, I love the different, you know, the thought process right there, right there where... where you know, things not only align with the NFT project, but they align with the story that you're you're telling. So you have the the 2400 that are minted now. Um, for those that are like wondering, like you know, as far not even like what's next, but like how you know from the standpoint of you know the next NFTs or how people are getting in, like for people that are you know interested now in the project you know, them picking up, you know, they're one of the ones that are on secondary now and then kind of jumping in. Are they, are they too late? Are they, should they be waiting for what you have next? Like give us a little bit of that for those that are kind of intrigued with what you have going on. Yeah, no, they're um, definitely not late. I mean, the, um, you know, we've, we've got, I think on, I don't know, on OpenSea, I think there's like a hundred and something, um, that are currently available, maybe, maybe more now. I mean, that was kind of one of the refreshing things was I think, you know, it's the reaction initially was like, you're, you're, you're waiting for the like, Hey, when's the secondary going to explode? When's it, you know, what, how much is this worth? When's this? And we're like, well, we can take care of all, we can take care of all your questions of like, Hey, when, you know, when this, when that, when that we can't control um, the secondary other than to tell you that it's not like, it's not to focus. It, we want we want the uh, we want we want we want the secondary to exist so that uh, renegades can uh, receive value, right? That's that's really the the primary reason. Um, but it was really it was really you know kind of cool to see as things evolved that 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 the renegades seemed to understand that and that they weren't it was see it as kind of a, a quick flip opportunity. So we haven't yet done the. Um, we haven't yet done the uh, the token uh, disbursement. We haven't done the um, anything like you know locked anyone into the DAOs. Um, so you know whether you minted it or you get one on the secondary market, the the rights will be the same as far as that goes, um, and that'll all be coming up. I would say, um, well, chapter one and theory will end. Um, at some point next month, and so we'll be into into chapter two, and so that'll end. That'll all be in place around that same that same timeline. Um, I think one of our goals for the next couple of weeks is to really get clarity that we can explain um, kind of a timeline and, and how how that stuff will work. So I would say the one thing, if anything, people have missed is the is the first posters, right? So the, so there's people that are like, oh, I wish I knew about this because um, I really want poster one, and it's like it does make your like a your stomach hurt a little bit, you know, like, Oh, I wish more poster one, but then you're like, no, but isn't that awesome for the people that do have poster one, right? They, they, they have poster one. Um, so I think there's some posters um, that they'll have missed out on chapter two. will have its own set of posters. The, uh, the free spacesuit. Um, I know we're doing a drop some point later this week um, for people that haven't, uh, their holders that haven't claimed that. So that would still be an opportunity. Um, and then we have lots of, uh, on the merch side, lots of things, lots of things planned, but we're just getting started. So, th- so I don't think anyone, we definitely, no one's missed an opportunity. Um, and I think that as we, you know, as we roll into, into the next chapter, actually, even in chapter one, we still have, we still have the game. Uh, we've teased a little bit about it this week. Uh, it's called idols turn rivals and that'll be, 
going live um, in the first half of February. And to play the game, you need to hold a renegade. And so we decided there was let's try something different. Let's let's do a, a generative mint, in essence, of a of a second character. But let's make it where the only way to to mint or is to is to earn it. Right. So you start playing the game. Only renegades can play the game, and as they progress through the game, they'll have the opportunity to claim um, to claim those characters. There'll be uh, forty eight hundred of them, and so the so that's another you know hopefully another benefit to the renegades of like you can now go and earn more uh, the set more entities of the second character with going to uh, it's not a separate uh, like a separate thing you have to pay for. And then when chapter two starts, there will be another. Um, another character and that um, will be their renegades will, you know, will receive, you'll be able to claim a character and then there'll be an additional quantity that'll be, you know, made available to the public to, to help onboard uh, new people into the project. Um, but the idea is to keep stacking value on the renegades, um, but not make future, uh, uh, you know, members of the community that join later feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm different, you know, like, I, right. you know, there, you definitely have that feeling sometimes, right? You join a, you join a project late and you kind of feel like, Hey, I aspired to get into this project and now I'm here and I'm kind of seen as one of the people that came late and it's like not as fun. So the idea right. is like, just make make that fun for, uh, make that fun for everyone. Um, so. No, and I like, I like that. And I think, you know, and I, and I think that, you know, for those listening to, I think one of the things we, that I kind of highlight on projects is that, you know, there is like an element of like, you know, I like, you know, first mover advantage and I like the people that are, you know, betting in the on the mint side of the house. But I also think there's something beautiful about, you know, being able to come into a project. You might have missed out on, on the poster, but you're able to kind of pick up in, you know, the momentum moving forward. And I think that is something like neat about, you know, this entire, you know, uh, space and a lot of things that are, are, are going in, in on it. And I will tell, you know. I know there's a lot of people. There's not very many pink mohawks that are available in your collection, uh, and there's only one posted for sale. So I know for those that are that are holders of your NFT that are listening to this, if you if you saw Fanzo.eth that uh, favored your uh, NFT and you want to put your uh, pink mohawk for sale, you know you or you have someone that's interested in buying them. I've been stalking the the pink mohawks and uh, favoring some of them over there uh, on OpenSea. So uh, definitely uh, keep that in, uh, out there and uh, for. The those listening here, uh, you know, want to definitely give a, a shout out and mention to our sponsor uh, for our podcast. And it's you know kind of a beautiful thing that kind of connects a lot of this creator economy and this idea of like how do we reinvent, how do we reimagine as creators. And I love you know a lot of this origin story of this project. And you know the Creator Economy Expo is actually the very first event is happening this year, May second in Phoenix, Arizona. And CEX is what we're referring to it. And they actually rolled out a hundred NFTs called the the CEX Never Ending Tickets. And you actually get admission uh, to this event, but also lifetime VIP access to every Creator Economy Expo event uh, moving forward. Uh, there's about seventy plus or so left of the hundred. Uh, there are seven super rares and three one of ones that are, are yet to be minted as well. Uh, it is put on by my good friends uh, Joe Polizzi and Brian Carter. Definitely a, a great event. Uh, I'm excited. I will be there at the event there in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, they've decided to team up with us and sponsor the podcast. So definitely check out those NFTs. You can mint your own at mint.cex.events. That's mint.cex.events. It is the Creator Economy Expo 
show. And the very first event is May 2nd in Phoenix, Arizona. So definitely uh, check them out. And I will say, you know, with the, the Moons of Mars project, I love like the merchandise. I love the art. I love kind of like the theme and the story. Um, for those, you know, for those listening here as well, like definitely go in and check out like the, the website, the, I like the way that, you know, you, you, the narrative around, uh, the roadmap and even, you know, some of the, the other aspects that are kind of built within this project. I think there's a lot of projects that feel as though it's very contained. It's very like a controlled, like, you know, it's a black and white. And the, the idea of like some of the great storytelling is that, you know, this is only the start, right? And I think for me, like, that's how I, I hear not only in your story and the origin of it, but all of the different, you know, components that um, are contained within it. And I think, you know, the idea of like real life posters of your, uh, of your NFT is, is to me just like a, it makes you smile, right? I, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a Dave Matthews band fan and I've been going to Dave Matthews band concerts to since 2003. And I have just about a poster from almost every one of those that I went to. And, and I, I just think there's some, there's some nostalgia and there's some beauty of, you know, how can we get involved in projects that kind of take us on a journey? And there's no doubt uh, that you're doing that here uh, with this project. And, and I, you know, and I also appreciate the, you know, the commitment to, you know, you're building something long term. I think for those that are listening back to this episode, you know, a lot of the, I, I like to listen to word choice on how founders talk about their projects and uh, the mission and uh, the goals with community and the things that excite them. And, you know, I can, I, I can feel a lot of those things coming along. And I, and I think, for me, when you know I'm researching all of these NFT projects every single day for our buying an NFT project, you know, for a year, a lot of it I'm trying to predict, and and really in a way, my goal is to say how much can I trust the founders, and how much do I believe the founders are committed to at least even just be around uh, till November of this year, and I'll sell, I'll tell people that like that isn't like a, a no brainer. There's a lot of projects out there that although you can you know hey I think they have some good intentions. There's a lot more involved when you can feel that this project is building something uh, that is much, you know, much bigger than maybe the first launch, much bigger than maybe just this initial, you know, NFT craze. And and I love that you've kind of threaded that, you know, throughout the story, throughout the the conversation here. So I'm I'm curious, kind of as we like kind of pull a lot of this uh, together here on this conversation, you know, for you know for those that are you know kind of in this space, you know, a lot of the 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 aspects that you were talking about have. Uh, you know a lot of different components that might be you know n- you know foreign to some of the the newbies here uh, not even newbies right some of the people that have been around for a while when they're thinking about you know uh, you know creating a kind of like a community DAO and really like the different you know components of web three I'm curious just from a standpoint of like your thoughts on this space like where we're going really even you know what web three is enabling like you've mentioned the idea of like, you know, brands emerging and the idea that, you know, it's not about, it doesn't have to be a, a web two brand taken into web three. It can be a web three born and created planet that can uh, do some great things. So you give us a little, just like your take on like, not only, you know, like where, where we have to think about that with web three, but you know, for those that might be like, you know, Hey, I want to jump in on here, but it, you know, I, I want to learn more about those moving parts. How do, how do, how do they kind of can look at where you're going on the project as a whole? Yeah. So I think the, um, I think that was kind of one of the, one of the main things that I, that I really wanted to, uh, to focus on initially was, you know, a lot of times in the past, I've been in a rush to, to do things. Um, and so I've, 
I haven't fully understood it, right? And so, or the, or the team hasn't fully understood it, or we would outsource things, or we would do things just to, oh, that looks like a good way to do it, right? And, and so I think what ends up happening there is you're not like stacking, uh, well, that's the wrong word, stacking advantages, right? Because like you, you did it, but one, you, need, you know, the first thing was like, let's, let's really try to figure out why, why we're doing things. And then let's, you know, I think every idea I have is the world's greatest idea. You know, like I, I'm like always been that guy that you, you can't sleep because you're lying in bed thinking, holy shit, I just thought of the biggest idea ever. And, you know, most of the time you wake up and you're like, okay, I see the problem with that. But still, it's easy to fall in love with your own ideas and, and, and that kind of thing. And so I think there was, there was two parts was like, one, we've got to do it, right? We've got to do it. And we've got to, even if sometimes it's not the most efficient way, we've got to go through the process of understanding it and, 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 and doing it. Um, and two, you've got to have a, you know, you can't do it by yourself. You know, like if, if you want to, I think if you want to mint a, a project and, and like, and, you, and you're an artist, you, you could do that. But I think if you're trying to build something, you know, sustainable and, and something that actually has like the chance to kind of fulfill the potential that we all believe this, this space has, then, then you need to surround yourself with, you know, really smart, you know, enthusiastic people that have different skill sets and, and are, are better than you with things and smarter than you. So I think that was kind of the, you know, part of it was like, Hey, let's, let's, let's do this, but let's find, let's, let's have a great team. Right. And so we've, you know, I think, you know, Kosh and, and Dr. N and, and everyone like, it's like, you know, we have, uh, you know, Zellner, the artist, been working with him for a long time. So, you know, like, okay, I know when we're talking about something, we know we're kind of visualizing the same thing. And then, uh, we thought the technical side, right. So it's like, and I think that's kind of the most intimidating part for most people. I mean, if you can't, if you're not an artist, then it's fairly logical. Hey, I want to get into this space. Well, then you need to find an artist, right? And, and then, and two, um, you either have to make a decision at that point. Am I just going to find an artist and the artist is the visionary? Or am I going to have ideas and then find an artist that can, we can collaborate on those and kind of help? Because there's two different, two different scenarios as far as, as what's next. And then on the, on the tech side, it was like, you know, I understand what it's like because I have like a, uh, you know, pretty, like a good background, but it's what I, what I like about what excited me about this place. I mean, this place, this space is like, nobody gives a shit, you know, like it, it's, it's like kind of a fun thing in that, like <laughs> a lot of times you get sick of talking about the past and, and like, and like you're thinking, well, I don't want to talk about something that happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago. I want to talk about tomorrow. And so here I know this is like, okay, there is nobody like the, the whole Anon thing is a really interesting, right. And it was kind of like, and it was kind of, I think why I didn't, you know, go towards, um, social media that much in the past was just like, I don't want, I'm not like a, Hey, check me out. That doesn't make any, why would I, what value would there be on more attention? You know, like that, this seems like a distraction and like something to maintain for the sake of maintaining. And I think that web three kind of had that, like, Hey, this is, this is like, instead of me showing you what's on the outside, this is an opportunity for everyone to kind of show what's on the inside. And one way to do that is like, you know, let's use a avatars. Like you don't see, you know, you can be, what you are on the on the inside is the only thing that could possibly possibly come out, and so you combine those things, and we realized, like you know, we reached out to um, reached out to some you know the, uh, you know well known places and said, hey, you know how how do your how do your how does your services work, or how does your you know how does this work, how does that work, and and I kind of liked that, like because you need a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, so I, I liked that, like no reply or. What's your project? Well, we haven't launched a project yet. Okay. Well then, you know, sorry, we're only dealing with big projects. Okay. 
like those, you know, whatever they were, they're probably perceived slights, but I think you need that little bit of a, not externally. You don't want to be walking around the world with that. I like to, I like to think like that, uh, when I look in the mirror, you know, that's when you can have the, you can kind of get that stuff out. So you wanted a team that was kind of hungry and understood that same perspective that, and also embraced the fact that like, nobody gives a shit what we've done before, right? We are, here's where we are in this space. We are at the starting line along with the whole world. Like, and there's a bunch of people that are already like a quarter mile in, a half mile in, a mile in, 10 miles in. And everyone wants those people. So we're going to have to start from scratch and prove ourselves. And some of the stuff we're going to have to figure out and the shortcuts that might be available are not available to people at the starting line. It doesn't matter. It wasn't even a question of like, can you afford it? It was just, nope. Nope. And so I was like, all right, this is cool. This is literally, if you like some form of competition, even if you internalize it, this is like, this is as close to a level playing field as we'll get. And the barrier to entry is not that high um, dollar wise, right? You can, you know, we have a a company, Southworks, um, that we worked with for quite some time on other projects. And so, you know, it's like a dedicated team. And it, I mean, they're a third party company, but it feels like they're part of our team. Right. And so we're like, hey, let's 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 do everything from scratch um, with you guys. And so we had we had a small team kind of all working. But I think that's for people trying to get into it is like there's no way to skip ahead. You know, I mean, like even if you do skip ahead, what happens is you, you, you it's like sprinting a marathon, you know, sprinting the first mile of a marathon. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to get tired and, and you're not going to, you, you had, didn't have a plan for how to go the last 25 miles and everyone's just going to jog past you. And so it was like, okay, we should set a pace now that we can sustain and that will give us the, the knowledge and the understanding to actually make good decisions moving forward. And so um, I think that my roundabout answer would be, it's that like you got first, you got to learn, you just basic stuff. Like, you know, like we, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't like uh I didn't mint. Actually, you know what? I don't even, I barely even ever minted a project because I couldn't even figure out MetaMask. I had a, I've had a Coinbase <laughs> wallet since, I've had a Coinbase wallet since June or May or June. Like, cause I thought, oh my God, MetaMask sounds too crazy. Like I'm just going to get everything stolen. It sounds to me like if I just, you know, hit the wrong button on my phone during a phone call, all of a sudden my wallet's going to be, you know, like, <laughs> it just seemed like so, so scary. And so it was like, just kind of going through that process of like, okay, I'm going to buy something. And then it's like, okay, you know, people are under, I think they're underestimating what they're learning. Because like you buy something, okay, cool. Well, you bought it for a reason, either FOMO or you're excited about it. And then you see, how did you, how do you feel the next day? How do you feel the next week? And do you feel like, oh, huh, okay. So as a consumer, I bought this on the promise of what? And like you realize, well, if I bought it on the promise of only, you know, being able to flip it, I don't really have any control of that. So, okay, why, why else would I buy it from a project? And maybe you bought it on the promise of a roadmap. And then you see, okay, I bought this on the project of a, the promise of a roadmap has anything happened? What if they did achieve the roadmap and it was underwhelming or what if, you know, so you start with that very basic thing of like, as a, as a, I don't, I don't know, the community, the, on the other, whatever it is, the partner to the project, how did this project make me feel? Okay. Let me take that mindset and apply that to, okay, well, how do I want to make, how do we want to make our community feel? We, what did we not like? Okay. What did we like? Okay, what would what would we like to hear? What would we like? To, what kind of speed would we like things to happen at? And so it's just really basic, you know. And then you go through that, and then I think, and then I think it's just pick a lane and kind of stay in it because it happens to everyone. I mean, look, we're a really small project. We have, you know, when we're talking about is it, we we have twenty four hundred 
we've only minted 2,400 things. You know, we have, we're just getting started. Like we are, if we went into a room, if we were standing outside, if there was a club for NFTs with a bouncer at the door, we're letting us in, you know, but like a renegade wouldn't wait in line <laughs> to go into a club anyway. Right. He would look down the street and be like, let's go get a 12 pack and sit in the alley or let's go into this dive bar. And so you realize like, yeah, so why would we then spend time, you know, then it, you, you make a joke like that and it's like, that is pretty silly to spend time trying to get the attention of projects bigger than you or, or people, you know, like to try to compete with that doesn't make any sense if you, if you just, you know, attach it to the real world. So I think it's just, um, I don't even, I, I've, I've totally lost my no. train of thought now, but it's basically like surround yourself with good people, you know, and like, don't, you know, don't, so you, there's confirmation, like I'm wrong a lot and like, no one's afraid of telling me that I'm wrong a lot. Um, and also just do, you know, understand what you're learning. Even if it seems trivial, it's not. It's this is a very simple, you know, thing. I mean, for me, even the community, I didn't even understand. I kind of told the story a couple times. I didn't understand community. I did not understand like what I was supposed to do to be part of a community, right? And then there was a couple of little things that happened. Some guy tweeted, "Hey, if you're just retweeting shit on the timeline, you're basically just trying to monetize me. Like, con- contribute something, or you know, don't do anything at all." And I was like, "Huh." Okay. I always thought when I was retweeting stuff that I was actually adding value because I was saying, hey, this might be interesting. But then I realized, well, wouldn't a quote tweet be better? Because then I'm still getting that thing out there, but I'm, I'm providing a unique take on it. Or shouldn't yes. I? You know, you know, I couldn't do the GM because I thought like, I don't, I mean, I was so insecure. I mean, just not, it seemed so foreign to me. I was like, why would I sit here and say GM? That just seems weird. Like, you know, I'd listen to, I'd listen to this space and I'd like, hey, GM, GM, GM. And I'm like, God, that sounds goofy to me. And then it's like, and I almost started to think like, is it a joke? Like, is it, is it something that a trick they play on newcomers where it's like, Hey, let's see if we can get this guy to say GM. And then you realize, no, just get over it, dude. It's not that simple. It's basically say hi to people. Yeah. And you like something, tell them you like it. Uh, well, you've got a thought, you know, people post, I also read another post which said, Hey, all of you like people out there afraid to comment under when you, when you yourself post something, which kind of goes back to, I think like just take your own personal experience. It was like, when you post something, are you offended? when someone makes a comment or did you post it hoping that you'd get engagement? So next time you read a tweet and you think something's interesting or you like it, think, pretend that was you doing it and how you would want to feel. And then it's like, Oh shit. Okay. So if you just start, you start liking things, you start saying, Hey, I really like this. Hey, nice job. Or, Hey, I have a different opinion or, you know, like start following people. And then it's like, you know, I think, cause I think web, web two was a little bit of like, people would look at that metric of like who, how many do you follow and how many follow you? Right. And I feel, I, I feel like back then it was like, Oh, you want to, you want more people to follow you than you follow or else what? I don't know. But that's just cause it was all about perception from the outside. And now it's like, no, no, no. If you're not following anyone, they're not going to follow you back. Why would they? So I think there's just these basic things you realized of like, just be like, if these are your friends, you know, these are people that you were bumping into in town. It's just happening online. So be the person that says hi to everyone. Like I'm like, when yeah. I walk down the street, I, I say hi to everyone. You know, why am I not doing that online? You know, and so that was kind of the. I love and I, and I love the you know I thought, love that point too. Like I think there's you know there's an element you know I always say that like you know people are following you for a reason. So you know if you find something of value, why not reshare it with your own take or uh, you know version of that on there, or even just kind of connecting the dots, right? I think that's an important piece. And yeah. I also you know I also think there's there's like a beauty. I, I appreciate the honesty too. I think. 
you know, it's very easy from the outside in to assume, you know, people that have, you know, projects that launched that, you know, minted out or a project, you know, or even, you know, the, the like the layers of with you with what you've kind of shared um, throughout this, you know, this interview in the sense of all of different moving parts for so many that feels like, man, this is like, you know, everything is, is a well-oiled machine. And I think there are, you know, even weird assumptions that like, oh, like, you know, the Twitter, like Twitter makes sense to everybody. And like, I've been, you know, I've been using it like every day since 2010 and, you know, and, and, I, but yet that's not the case for everyone or all projects. And I think the, the learning together, the community aspects are, you know, essential here. And so, uh, love, love the project. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I, I am going to, uh, stock some of those with the pink mohawks to make sure that I can, uh, to snag one of those. Uh, but friends that you're, you're listening to this, uh, episode, make sure you guys, uh, check out the moons of Mars. Uh, I mean, really, if you guys listen to this whole episode, you definitely heard that, you know, the, the possibilities are endless, including, you know, kind of creating your own planet and, and, you know, what is possible. And I, you know, I like to kind of, you know, wrap each episode with just kind of like a use case for, uh, NFTs, because I believe, you know, we're doing a daily podcast and unfortunately most of the mainstream media focuses on one or two use cases that, that NFTs represent. And I believe that the, the, the possibilities of use cases are pretty endless, which is why I said, you know what, I could talk about a use case uh, for 365 days straight and not, you know, we're, you know, not run out of one. And just this idea of, you know, part of this, you know, listening to this interview and, and hearing some of the, the pieces here, I feel like what we're ultimately able to create is, you know, a, we're able to create a, a comic or a, uh, a story book that it comes to life in so many ways. And, it not only can live in the metaverse, but it can live in a in a poster as a as a utility part of, a, of an NFT project. It can open the doors for us to connect with others that are going on this you know journey of reimagining uh, reimagining you know a new planet, reimagining uh, you know what it would look like or how these things kind of uh, you know kind of live together. And I think there's so many things in our lives today that is you know, kind of constrained you know constrained into you know, the, the container that, you know, what was done before us. And I, I just love the idea of who said that we can't create a new planet, who said that we can't invite, you know, invent a, a world that is, you know, really open to endless possibilities. And, you know, Moons of Mars definitely has that, uh, that feel, that energy. I love the art. Uh, I love the storytelling on the website. Uh, definitely check them out for everyone that's listening here uh, on the podcast. If you're listening live as well, we have the notes kind of pinned up here on the top of the, the Twitter space. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I have teased out a couple of times now. We're going to be doing a couple episodes on hardware wallets. I have a couple that I'm testing out right now. Uh, we also have an episode coming up very soon on uh, NFTs as kind of like a membership use case. And we're going to uh, walk through that piece. Uh, and then I also have an artist who uh, is emerging onto the scene that many many of you probably might know him if you follow me on on Twitter, but uh, he just agreed uh, just just today uh, to come on the show next week as well. So lots of great things uh, you know coming down the pipe. You know, I just want to say thank you, uh, you know, thank you, Coast Hawk, for jumping on and sharing your story and the entire project. I, I know the NFT three sixty five community is you know is really you know I think we're we're trying to focus you know our attention on great people doing great things. And I, I firmly believe that's what you have going on here. Uh, so for everyone listening on the podcast side, uh, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. <laughs>